Today, we're talking about TV, specifically our favorite TV shows, a couple honorable mentions, and a couple that we just didn't really get and we couldn't continue to watch over time. I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. As I mentioned, we are talking about our favorite television shows today. Now, these are the best of the best, the toppermost of the poppermost, the best that we have ever seen. And obviously, opinions can be dissenting, but we will objectively say these are the greatest television series or shows of all time. Or we will say these are just our favorite shows that we like to watch when we watch TV or when we think about how much television we've watched over the years. Of course, if you have no sarcasm filter, I'm glad my dad explained that. (laughs) So uh, we're going to go straight into it. Um, But I just want to mention that we are going to do some honorable picks as well as, uh, for a little variety, some shows that a lot of people liked and recommended to us, but we really couldn't get into over time. It happens, there's too much to watch, and you aren't always going to find the time for everything. Let's make sure we say that we admit this is the golden age of television here and now. I think that's fair. Is this the sarcasm filter? Do I need to explain this one? (laughs) (laughs) But I think what you need to know is that we're going to pick from all sorts of genres. Uh, So it's not just drama. It's not just comedy. It's not just reality. It's not just whatever we might have. And we don't frankly know what our top five shows are of each other. So, yeah, we're going to learn. We're going to learn as you learn. Right. Right, which is why you've tuned in. Exactly. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get into my first. Now, this is in no particular order. Is this your first order. or fifth? Uh, this is no particular order for me. but oh, this is Mine are in a particular order, just so you know. I'm counting down, Noah. I'll let you go ahead and do that because I just have a hard time prioritizing my favorites, my absolute favorites, you know, because it changes day by day. Always sometimes. easy for me to say what my very favorite television show is, but I'm not starting there. I'm starting with number five. All right, okay. sounds good. My number five favorite television show Debuted in 2001. And that would be... The Amazing Race. The Amazing Race. Yes. Now, I am not a snob when it comes to reality television. I do like good quality uh, reality television. Is there such a thing? Yes, of course there is. And it's (laughs) called The Amazing Race. And and I would say Survivor. I would also say that. And I would say a few other shows. And I would also say a few other shows are not quality um, reality TV. But, But The Amazing Race is really kind of a classic i have to say that i you know initially i was a huge huge survivor fan and if you tuned into a previous episode you know that yes i submitted an audition tape to survivor i have not yet auditioned for the amazing race however that might very well be in my future the idea of the amazing race just um competing in a team would be a lot of fun and you know i have said this year in and year out it would be most fun to do with either you or luke and since you've identified that it's probably best that I do it with Luke because you and I are probably more alike than Luke and I are, I also it have, would be to our advantage. I have Noah moments sometimes where, you know, especially when it translate well to a multi-million audience. <laughs> where they're like, wow, that guy really just said that or did that. And I'd be like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we'd start arguing and, you know, the crux of the show gets into the people being eliminated because the drama, they don't work well we together. The drama team. <laughs> so we'll talk together and uh, Luke and my dad can actually go and do a competitive race together. Yeah. However, what a novel concept for a show, too, yeah. especially uh, in the days before when postcards were basically your social mm-hmm. media posts uh, through travel vlogs yeah. and being able to see so much of the world around you. I mean, I'm sure it highlighted a lot of very interesting cities, towns, 
towns and uh, in general countries and continents that yeah. people wouldn't have necessarily thought of going or experiencing and enjoying at the time as well. I do think it would be one of the most stressful experiences um, of a lifetime, but it would also be incredibly rewarding. As long as you're not the first team booted and you actually have an opportunity to develop a relationship with another team or other teams and, and they don't throw you under the bus by detouring you or whatever, um, it would be fun. Yeah, so, I'd number five so is The Amazing Race. Um, that is my reality television um, entree into this. Shout out to the two Globetrotters, Big Easy and Flight Time, who did it. Y'all were amazing. That was a ton of fun to watch. I really teams. enjoyed that season. I will say the worst season of The Amazing Race was when they did the family season. Do you remember uh, that? Oh, is uh, actually, I think that was just before or a few years uh, before I started watching. You know, it was. It's a good idea in theory, but in reality, it was not good. No pun intended. Yeah, I would imagine that the Amazing Race probably functions best off of life partners or people that yeah. you're generally close to in yeah. a way that because father son, you know, nuclear family. That's fine. Podcasters. But does that always work well together? No. Especially when one person might no. be a teenager no, right. and the other person And is. that's really what they did. Yeah, it was not good. Of so. course. All right. So uh, one of my top five shows is Hannibal. This uh, is a relatively... I want to know what number it is, Noah. Uh, one of my top five in no particular order. So that's all you're going to get. Um, but it's, so it's one of those... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those uh, shows where, you know, it didn't have... It had a bit of a limited run it was three seasons but i think it was universally acclaimed for the most part mads mickelson who you might recognize um and i think rogue one uh and quite a few other movies uh he's been playing in recently Rogue one as in from episode one of the zz talk podcast on star wars yes okay i just wanted to make sure i was clear and you haven't if you haven't listened to our thoughts on that go back to episode one yes this is episode eight by the way this is episode. Yes, this okay. is episode eight. All right. Um, so, so that we stay on track. Um, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen uh, really had a star turn here, and it just went to show his acting range. Uh, of course, Hannibal is an extension or spiritual successor of The Silence of the Lambs, which is a very well known '90s classic, uh, starring Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it was amazing just how well it translated to TV because if there was one fascinating thing that I think mostly everybody enjoyed about the movie, it was that the relationship between Hannibal and Jodie Foster was just such a crazy thing, a psychologist and, you know, a psycho, really, mm-hmm. a killer. And um, and this and this show, I mean, it is jam-packed full of blood and gore and it's honestly it pushes the envelope a lot of times more so than network tv would have you imagine Mm -hmm. i think it was on fox if i'm not mistaken uh but that will push the envelope more than the other three big ones yeah i would say so not that any of them are big anymore but yes uh you can watch on i think netflix now but i watched it on amazon prime and it can get dark at times but it's gripping uh it's an amazing character drama and the lead actors are Truly, truly amazing. Shout out to Hugh Dancy as well. He did a really good job uh, in the show. It shows um, the troubled mind of somebody who's trying to do right uh, to, you know, be a part of a justice system alongside, you know, the twisted sort of uh, persona of a killer and how charismatic and influential they can be. So I thought it was fascinating to watch. Well, given how much I did not like that film, I'm going to pass on the show. All right. Fair enough. Your loss. So what's next for you? All right, number four, and this is an all-time classic, Mad Men. 
Mad Men. I have not watched Mad Men. Mad Men uh, is um, Madison Avenue advertising, New York, 1950s and 60s, maybe 60s and 70s. I don't know. Anyway, it is a classic television show with some of the most iconic, I think, TV characters ever. Don Draper. Uh, it's a testament to Mad Men that I know uh, Don Draper as a character without knowing really anything about the show other or than the Or Dick plot. Whitman. But I will just leave it there because you have to watch the show to understand what I'm saying. I suppose I do. It uh, also spawned a huge, um, frankly, actor uh, in today's world, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Moss. Is that is that yeah, where she Peggy started? Olson. Okay, right? okay. Was she in The Invisible Man? Yep. Okay. I she's have... in The Handmaid's Tale, and she's been in a whole lot of things. She shows up in a lot of things, and she's quite good. I'd say it really kick-started John Hamm's career, mm-hmm. or at least and hers. made more of a star turn out yeah, of him, and hers sure. as well. Yeah. Um, because I mean, he's been in what, Baby Driver. Uh, he's been. In, I mean, he's been in so many movies since then. I mm-hmm. feel like, and I can't really name him because he's not always the lead. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's really become more of a household name since yeah. uh, Mad Men aired. Yeah. But I've always wanted to watch it, and we have. I think all of them on DVD. No, right? we think we have. I don't know what we have, but you can stream it on Netflix too. But you have some sort of box set, and I know how you are about getting special editions about things. So I know it means a lot to you. you. Know how I was about getting special editions of things. How were you? Uh, I loved it, but now it's available anywhere, anytime. I don't need the physical copy. That said, Mad Men is really a classic show. If you haven't watched Mad Men, I strongly encourage you to watch it. It's a slow burn mm-hmm. kind of show, um, but the characters, there are things that these characters say. Um, I follow an Instagram account called Mad Men Quotes, <laughs> and some of the things that they say are so outrageous. And some of the characters, Betty Draper is one of the most, January Jones um, portrays her, is one of the coldest uh, people ever to be captured on film. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so riveting. It's really... um, Essential TV. It's a throwback and it's essential TV. Yeah. Highly recommend. Absolutely. It was on AMC. Now it's on streaming, I think, on Netflix or everywhere else. Cool. So with that said, I'm going to move on to my next one. And that is Smallville. This must be your number four, Noah, because we're counting down. Okay. Counting up. For the sake of the argument, and so he stops talking about it, we're just going to say we're going down the uh, going down the line. Because, all right, go ahead. Even though it's clearly untrue, (laughs) cognitive dissonance, you know. Uh, Um, Anyway, uh, your your sarcasm filters full. Okay. Okay. Aside of the intellectual dishonesty we're spouting here, uh, we're going to go ahead into my next one. Of course, uh, like I mentioned, that is Smallville. Uh, Great show, Superman. Uh, what else can be said? You know, Superman uh, was a great uh, movie in the 1970s, and it had a great sequel. And then I really enjoyed Superman Returns as well. But mm, I felt too. like for as popular of a superhero and you know long-lasting as he is, Superman never really had that many great things associated with him besides the known movies or really classic properties. And I wouldn't say Smallville is a classic, but more so of a cult classic, if anything. Mm -hmm. It's one of those CW shows that did the whole monster of the week thing, you know, and it very much had its tropes. But, I mean, my goodness, if it wasn't entertaining from beginning to end, Tom Welling was awesome. And, uh, I mean, I even, before uh, we knew about Allison Mack, she did a really good job as Chloe. Sam Jones III was uh, very good in his role for the first three or four seasons as well. And Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor was a great Lex. Still to this day, I mean, he was—I mean, he was just incredible. Yeah. Every scene he was in, uh, and the dynamic between Clark and Lex in this 
was so complex. I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Of course, it stumbled a little bit in some of its later seasons, but I'd say for the most part, I have not seen a season. Uh, I've not seen a show that has gone from season one to ten that has been so uniformly entertaining and, for the most part, excellent and inventive in a lot of ways. And that's what we did as a family while you guys were growing up. We mm-hmm. would, I mean, over ten seasons. Not it didn't take us ten years by any means, but we started Smallville and really liked it and just kept going and going so we we actually saw every single episode and um that may very well be one of have been one of the last things that we watched on netflix where we had to order things yeah i remember and then we partially watched some of the series i think on our Wii disc (laughs) through the streaming times have changed um and if you want to learn more about that listen to our last episode um anyway <laughs> episode seven <laughs> anyway but you know it, it's it's a great show and it's a good time capsule as well uh, it, it came out in the early 2000s so it has those funny tropey things that you and see it was really before the cw was like every dc comic show or every superhero show i think riverdale is like an archie comic to yeah nancy drew's on it now and the um, flash is uh is a very popular cw yeah. show right all right so what's your point noah so my point is okay. that CW, I think a lot of people have a lot of... Um, Fanboys watch the CW. To an extent, yes. Yeah. And their uh, content isn't always quality. can be very predictable like Hallmark. But mm. uh, Smallville is special, and it continues to be special to me to this day. And I'm hoping for a rewatch pretty soon, as soon as I find the time, because i got to see Lex Luthor and Clark Kent just go crazy again. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about... The Superman character, as you said. Superman's my favorite superhero. But because he's Superman, Mm -hmm. you're always defaulting to kryptonite. Because that's the only thing that can take him out, right? And so it's sort of predictable in a sense. I mean, there are other villains, um, I think. But for the most part, you know Superman, and I like this, Superman is always going to win the day. Mm -hmm. Unless there's kryptonite. And then you ultimately know he's still going to win the day. But I kind of hate to see, I mean, really, how much kryptonite can there possibly be on Earth? I think that's the point, though, because um, especially if you watch it all in, like, one go or something like that, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, he's always facing kryptonite. But, you know, a lot of the times it's just a regular thing about him destroying a monster and there's no real weakness for him to Mm -hmm. overcome in that way. Mm -hmm. And spread out over time, I think it makes more sense towards the longevity of the show and the journey. So Makes um, sense. Yeah, but moving on, what's your next one? Uh, My number three show, this will surprise you. Broadchurch. Broadchurch? Broadchurch, the British virgin version. So this is something that uh, your mom and I found when we were, I don't know, watching Netflix a couple of years ago. Actually, I remember we were over at some friend's house and, and I said, no, it was, we became empty nesters okay. when Luke went to school and we were with our friends, Jim and Kendra, and we said, what do you recommend for empty nest syndrome? And they said, Netflix. And we said, okay, great. What you got? And they said, Broadchurch. I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out it's um, it's a three-season... There is an American version, which did not last, because often I think British drama is, frankly, better done. Um, and mm-hmm. it I've forgotten who the, the lead uh, male character, but Olivia Coleman, who has gone on to win just about every Emmy and Oscar in the last three or four years right. plays the lead detective, lead female detective. The acting in this show is unlike anything I have ever seen on television. It is just amazing. Um, it's tense. It's well done. You feel the emotion. And I highly recommend it. 
Great. Yeah, I, I feel like there was sort of a resurgence in, uh, I guess, high society British television yeah. or culture when um, The King's Speech came out. The film. The yeah, film. and that one, like the Oscar that year. Uh, yeah, I like think that. that I think that was what kind of put mm-hmm. it in the forefront of mm-hmm. uh, American eyes. And, I mean, since then we've had uh, – I mean, there's a new show uh, with sort of British high society. And then there was um, – Down Abbey. Down Abbey, which is so popular. Which is great. Not in my top five, but would definitely be in my top ten. And there's Love Island, which is so popular. Now Never seen um, Which isn't, you know, British nobles or anything like that. Highbrow television there for you? I actually very much enjoyed Love Island season three from what I've seen of it. Okay. It's a lot nicer than a lot of the American TV shows. I like nice. Um, Regardless, uh, my next pick is going to have to be Breaking Bad. Oh, so surprising, right? What? Breaking Bad made the top five? It really is that good. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, I did not like Breaking Bad the first couple times I watched it. I really tried with the first couple episodes uh, when I was starting out, um, and it just didn't appeal to me that much. Uh, For some reason, I found the characters completely uh, just devoid of any sort of likability. But I think Mm -hmm. it maybe... when you have to watch a show when you don't like the characters, or at least the main characters. I'd say sometimes yes and sometimes no, but I think it was also just age and experience at the time. I mean, how could I have understood, you know, the plight of a man uh, with cancer trying to both save his family and do a tough thing by getting into a business that is just so violent and, you know, so dark and gritty. But overall, I mean, the show just tells an amazing story between two characters where it doesn't really have a central character. It just has a central conflict with a cast of rotating antagonists, protagonists, and you never really know what's going to happen next. It truly shocks you throughout the events of everything, and it features a number of actors I really, really like. I mean, Giancarlo Esposito did an amazing job uh, in some of the later seasons. Uh, Jesse Plemons is always fantastic. Shows up everywhere. Yeah, uh, and another great show I might mention, Friday Night Lights. Um, But, uh, I mean, Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle, who would have thought he could turn in a performance like that? And then um, Aaron Paul, uh, really, what a what a great job he did too. And I have never seen one episode of Breaking Bad. Well, I keep being told I need to. You should change that. Uh, Maybe it, I will. Yeah, fantastic show overall. But what could I say that hasn't be, been said about the show? So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you again. Okay. Well, my number two, right? Because you're going to be on your number two in just a, a minute, right, mm-hmm. Noah? Is uh, I think the first comedy entry into our countdown. Finally, a little lighthearted something, right? Right. And it is, big surprise here, The Middle. The Middle. The Middle. Classic. Uh, (laughs) The Middle was a show that ran for nine seasons on ABC until maybe, what, 2017, 2018? Yeah. It was, um, you know, one of those lesser known, it it sort of was in the um, shadow of Modern Family during that uh, that run, but it was on the same night. It it premiered earlier in the evening. uh, It was like 8 o'clock. And The Middle was Middle America, Middle Income, um, Middle of the Week. It was on on Wednesday nights. And it, uh, uh, you know, they had three kids, Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond uh, and uh, Mike Flynn, um, can't think of his first name. Anyway, from Scrubs, they're the parents and they've been married about 20 years. Their kids are high school, middle school and elementary school. And it is just so quotable. We're still quoting it in this house. Those first four seasons really were something else too. They sure were something else, <laughs> which is a middle quote. But I mean, 
honestly, I, I got HBO Max right before we got HBO Max right before mm-hmm. the holidays, and the first thing I did was I watched all nine holiday Christmas episodes because I just love that show so much and I laugh like it's the first time I've ever seen it every time and you know it's very much comfort watching yeah. it's something that you can just put on an episode of and enjoy whatever you're watching uh-huh. it's it's harmless yeah. you know there's no there's no greater overtones to it there's no huge societal message other than living with what you got and being happy with uh you know sort of navigating the day-to-day ordinary mundane situations and and the main character the lead male uh character was neil flynn neil flynn scrubs and he also appeared in an episode of smallville and uh, he did and you want to talk about sarcasm <laughs> I mean, this show wrote the book on sarcasm, which I, I quite enjoy. I think, in some ways, you aspire to be Mike. I, I do. Yeah. I, in some ways, I am like Mike. I'm <laughs> tall. I don't wear flannel, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, very pragmatic mm-hmm. view of the world as right. well. I'd say. Exactly. But What's yeah. your number two, Noah? Um, I would say my number two is also a comedy, and that is Parks and Rec. Mm, now, great show. Break out your pitchforks because I'm putting this over The Office. I love The Office. Let me say, but. Me too. Parks and Rec, I think, just has a more likable overall cast of characters. It is literally an enjoyable experience. It is, very much, all the time. And I think it uh, is really telling of the show's strength that after the first two seasons, they made it even better after that with the new cast of characters. I agree. I agree. When they added Rob Lowe and Adam Scott, yeah, it, it got much improved. They did a great job. You know, the love triangles were better, and just the overall energy of the show, I think, picked up even more. It, it was something where the first—I actually liked the first season. A lot of people yeah. say it's, you know, far and away the worst one, but um, the second season was great. And even the minor characters are funny. You know, you got your Purt Happily with exclusive animation of <laughs> the event. Else. <laughs> you got Purt Happily, and oh my god, who are you thinking of? Uh... I, I, I can't remember. I, uh, Pawnee Today. What is it? Pawnee Today. What oh, Joanne Calamezzo. Joan Calamezzo. Joan Calamezzo, right. yeah. <laughs> Legendary broadcaster, <laughs> Joan Calamezzo. Self-described, of course. <laughs> you know, it, it's just the town of Pawnee is so funny. And in a lot of ways, I can just see it being a representative uh, aspect of, you know, mid to small town populations mm. as well. And the characters are, for the most part, always likable. You're always learning more about them. Uh-huh. And yeah. at the end of the day, great evolution of the characters. In at the end comedy. of the day, I they feel like they're friends. They feel like they've gone through something together. Whereas in the office, I feel like more so they were around each other, and because that was all they had, they knew each other in that way. But they weren't all just friends in that way. But Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec did a, an amazing job of just being very consistently funny, very enjoyable, and like I said, just a comfort food watching show. And frankly, it's upbeat and positive for a comedy. I'm not sure there have been too many couples as endearing and as wonderful as Ben and Leslie. I agree, especially yeah. with the roles that I mean, they play. I mean, you kind of wanted them to be together in real life. They were so good together on the show. I know. Isn't it weird sometimes yeah. when that just – it's like Jim and Pam in real life yeah. too. Yeah, you're, you're you just want just, them to be together. You're just like, okay, yeah. in my mind's eye they are, but in reality they aren't. Right. But moving on, your number my one. My number one. This will not surprise you, Noah Zeiser. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Now, the most interesting thing here is I am not a football fan. Um, but I remember when this show, and I did not see the movie before the show premiered, but I remember I was on a business trip, and I had you know some time that evening, and I turned it on. I was hooked immediately. This show ran for five seasons. Um, Jesse Plemons, 
Uh, it was probably the breakout star from that. But Taylor Kitsch too. Taylor Kitsch was in it. Um, I would say to you, well, and of course um, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, right, in the latter seasons. But I would say to you, there is no more. And we just talked about the the power couple of Ben and Leslie in mm-hmm. in Parks and Rec. Um, Coach and his wife, uh, Matt Chandler and uh, uh, Connie Britton. Connie Britton, yeah, have to be, in my opinion, the greatest television married couple um, in in television history. It's just there's something real about this show that I mean, I didn't grow up in Texas. I've never been to small town Texas, but. There's something that this show is manages to capture. Maybe it's the dizzying motion of the camera, mm-hmm. but it's the performances and the authenticity, um, and the backdrop is football. And if you you just fall in love with these characters, and they are flawed, and they are in some cases hard to like, but you root for every single one of them, and that makes for a really special experience. I I also love Friday Night Lights, and I think it's a multi-layered sort of uh, thing when a show can be exceptional when it's not your sport of choice, it's not necessarily a place where that you can relate to, or maybe characters that you can even like all the time. But you realize there's this sense of there's this sense of the show having something that others don't, and speaking to you in another way. And I thought the entirety of the series was really great. Of course, it got, you know, a little bit too melodramatic in a couple instances, but it didn't matter because the whole point of the show was just a great sort of microcosm Mm -hmm. of small town life. And it balanced teen angst with marriage and family values and just a lot of, um, and, you know, scandal too, in a lot of ways uh, that made it both interesting. And I think overall, very much a positive thing because I, I I noticed myself being drawn to a lot of shows that you know might be sort of more uh, you know darker a little bit you know more gripping in that sort of mm-hmm. way where there's a sense of you know danger and maybe the outcome is just bleak but sometimes you want that but you also want to learn something and glean something from it that you can take into I guess the rest of your life and I know that sounds so crazy for just watching a TV show but I mean. The things we watch affect us, and I think in your case, Friday Night Lights has absolutely made an impact on you in that way. It has. And the other remarkable thing about the show is that, um, you know, they rotated characters through the Mm -hmm. seasons, and I think it was the end of season three, maybe, that the original characters were sort of taking a back seat. Some of them had gone off to, to college, um, and then they brought in Michael B. Jordan and some other characters, Mm -hmm. um, the guy who was in Kingdom, who was also very good. I've forgotten his name now. but um, And it, it just sort of reinvigorated the show. And so often that's impossible to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Mm-hmm. And um, and they did. Well, exactly. And that's why I like Parks and Rec yeah. so much. Yeah. Because it just kept getting better right. over time. Right. Reinvigoration is such <clears throat> a good uh, thing to have mm-hmm. in a television show. All right. So I am moving on to my number one. And uh, that is Dexter. I love Dexter. Dexter. I've seen one half of one episode. Couldn't get through it. Michael C. Hall truly just was born for this role. There's some people that just, you know, there's some roles that you're like, it couldn't have gone to anybody else. And mm-hmm. it maybe should have gone to another more well-known actor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you're glad that this person in this specific moment in time was able to have this. Mm-hmm. And 
I thought he was just perfect as Dexter. I thought the show had elements of darkness and violence that are not present in other shows that could sometimes make you gasp. But it also told a great story through regular formula or, um, you know, sort of asymmetrical storytelling. It had a really amazing cast of characters, too. Some you liked, some you hated, some you weren't sure of. It had twists and turns at every corner, and it added an element um, of, I guess, mystery and crime that not many shows can balance so well mm-hmm. over the course of eight seasons that was truly unmatched, in my opinion. I think this is just a great show and the poster child for something where, y- you know, if somebody recommends a show to you and you're not sure if you're going to like it, I think this is just such a safe bet for anybody who, I guess, wants to look for something that is, at the very least, interesting. Should I try it again, then? It's intense, but I think you'd really like it. And uh, the guy who plays uh, Bill Organa in episode three, what is his name? Jimmy Smith? Yes, uh-huh. Jimmy Smith. Uh, I know him from L.A. Law, but that's because I'm a Gen Xer. Gotcha. Okay. Great show. He has an amazing season in this. And let me just say, I enjoyed all of these seasons. I did not enjoy the finale like a lot of people didn't, but uh, what, a, what a cool show. What a cool show. And they're doing um, a limited run uh, series mm-hmm. that I'm not sure expands on the finale or if it kind of retcons it, but I'm really excited about it. So... Here's to hoping that I'm going to like that just as much as the original show. And I'm just thankful that these are some of the ways that we can pass the time now just by watching such awesome content like mm-hmm. this. It's also on Netflix. You. Go give a watch. So Honorable um, mention. Honorable you, mentions. You get one or maybe up to two. Okay. Uh, quick explanation. These are going to be rapid fire. Yeah. So quick explanation <clears throat> for each. Um, my <clears throat> first honorable mention is Atlanta. Donald Glover, what else can I say? Awesome, Childish Gambino. Yeah, awesome anthology series with bottle episodes and a small sense of story continuity that really build to make an awesome snapshot of what life is like in sort of a different experience. I thought it was great, it was real, it was raw, and it was funny in a lot of ways and very surprising. So go watch it. All right, my first honorable mention is Smallville. Smallville. It, it just means a lot to our family. Mm-hmm. I love the character of Superman. It just means a lot to me that we watched it together while you guys were growing up. Loved it. Yeah, ton of fun. And then my next is Survivor. So entertaining. What an amazing concept for a show. And I should apply to be on it sometime. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. Maybe an updated uh, thing. But Survivor is Jeff Probst's awesome host. Always an interesting cast of characters. And even if it's uh, not as good as the previous seasons, there's a reason it's going on this long. It's just so cool. It's production value is outstanding. All right, my other honorable mention is a show that you, I bet, have never seen. And what is that? Newhart. Newhart. Not the Bob Newhart show, but Newhart, which ran in the 80s, I think. Um, And it was, he, uh, Dick, and Joanna were um, Vermont innkeepers. Okay. And so their crazy cast of characters came through there, and he ended up being on local television, and it was just... He employed um, Stephanie, who was the uh, one of the, the lead housekeeper or something, and she met, she met Michael, and, and it was just, it was hilarious. And it's one of those shows that you cannot find anywhere to stream. So I highly recommend That's rare. Newhart. Yeah. What channel was it yeah. on? It was a CBS. Bob Newhart was a CBS fixture. And uh, it also has the Would it be on Paramount Plus now? Best, maybe. Okay. I don't know. The, the Bob Newhart show is on HBO Max or one of those. Okay. But Newhart is not. And it has unquestionably, if you look up best 
series finales in history, Newhart will always be at the top. That's saying something. Yes. That's really saying yes. something. That's usually where shows fumble, mm-hmm. sadly. All right. Uh, so finally, we have uh, two shows that people recommended to us and that are generally really well-liked, but we just couldn't get into. For me, it's Succession. Um, oh, yeah. Succession was... I could tell it wasn't trying to be entirely serious, but I don't really love it when one show just kind of has a jarring sort of tonal uh, thing going on. It's the joke. The humor is so small and it's so like, it's so t- I didn't even know there was humor in that. Well, I- exactly. And first of all, if there is humor, I don't really think it's that funny and I hate all of the characters mm-hmm. and you're not always supposed to like, uh, yeah, but all you the gotta characters. like some of them or one of them. I find myself not very interested in the conflict of, I guess, corporate culture yeah. that often. Um, but Succession overall, it, it just it wasn't very funny to me, and I didn't like the way the show balanced the humor and everything like that. So, um, not my style. I watched half of the first season; I just couldn't get into it. And uh, the Wilds. I don't think anybody knows the show. It's on Amazon Prime. Just don't watch it. Just don't watch it. I've never even heard of it. Good. Keep okay. it that way. All right. Well, my two that I just don't get. Um, well, my one. That I, well, there are two, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, wait for it. This is not going to be popular. Waiting. The Good Place. The Good Place. I just don't get it. I We have great friends who love the show, although not everybody loves season four. I think that was the, fu- the final season. Well, but the showrunner. I just don't get it. Did the showrunner do The Office and Parks and Rec? And everything else, too. He does uh, my... What are you watching now? Show which is coming up next, mm. and then we'll be done. But mm. um, so that's my uh, I don't get the show. The other one that I don't get is something that uh, you encouraged me to watch, and I tried, and that was just the other night. Sharp Objects. I just no, no. Sharp Objects is really good. I, I don't know what else to say. Amy Adams, executive producer, uh, her yeah. best performance yet. Really good. Um, okay. All right. Last last thing. Uh-huh. What are you watching now that you recommend to the, our, our listeners? I would recommend... Thousands of listeners. <laughs> so it's funny you say this because you just uh, you just said you didn't like it, but I just finished Sharp Objects, and uh, it's a show that really stuck with me. Um, it's adapted from uh, Gillian Flynn's uh, novel, mm-hmm. I think of the same, same author, name. Go- oh, Gone Girl. Of yeah. Gone Girl. And um, Which was a great book. Very movie. good performances. Very interesting stuff. If you watch The Center Season 3. Um, oh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, the guy, the very dark guy, and it's uh, uh, he plays oh. one of the main characters, mm-hmm. the detective. His name is uh, something, something, something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's from the middle, by the way. Anyway, that was... Um, <laughs> It, it's a good, it's a good show. It's it's quite dark and um, it it tells a really good story with a lot of twists. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but I would recommend it generally to anybody who is just looking for something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells a great story of a murder mystery that ends in a way that is very unexpected and will leave you um, pretty speechless in a lot of ways. Except that you told me how it ends, so I don't need to watch it now. Well, that's because you asked for it. Right. So um, I would also, I'm also about to start Castle Rock. I don't know about that uh, yet, but it's a Stephen King mm-hmm. thing with the guy who plays um, It, whatever his is name the one is. Sissy Spacek? Bill Skarsgård. Uh, I don't. I don't quite. That might be the outsider. There's so many oh, Stephen King okay. things on now, but I'm about to watch that. All right, and the last one uh, for me, the show that I'm um, watching that I want to recommend is Superman and Lois. 
It's on the CW. I want to watch that. It's really good. It streams for free the next day, Wednesday. Uh, and the whole idea here is that it's Superman as a family man. He is married to Lois. She obviously knows he's Superman. They have twin sons, um, uh, Jonathan, which is Jonathan Kent, his earthly father, uh, and Jor- uh, Jordan for Jor-El, his That's cool. Kryptonian That's cool. uh, father. And, of course, they are teenagers. One is a football star. The other one has, suffers from anxiety and is less popular. Um, and it's really, frankly, best when it's just Clark and Lois and the the twins. Lana Lang is in it. She's married uh, and has a family. And, of hmm. course, their kids get to know one another. It's really, really well done. They moved back from Metropolis to Smallville. Hmm. And, um, frankly, the less, the, the less Superman, the better. Because it's really more about the family dynamic and how they manage today's world. Yeah, so Highly maybe recommend. a modern version of Lois and Clark, perhaps. Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our episode for today. And those are our definitive picks. So thank you very much for listening to episode eight. We're going to be moving into some more controversial topics, such as our least favorite things uh, in the coming episodes. But you can also expect expect a couple surprises as well <laughs> which we will not dive into yep. but um but you will want to listen and you will want to tell your friends yes and i think the snyder cut came out today oh did it i think it did so it's four hours i believe it is four hours i'm still hours. listening to the mad about movies podcast episode mm-hmm. of them talking over the two hours so i gotta listen to that first and I will not reveal the general consensus of it but um that could be something that you hear us review uh in the coming future But it will not be a four-hour podcast like the film. Exactly. Right. We're going to give it to you in a nutshell. Right. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.